smells Jesus-y. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We are the aroma of Christ. God has spoken in many ways, but now he's spoken by his son. How can a relationship with God be free and cost you everything you have? How can salvation be by grace, not works, but still works are essential? That's the basic point of today's Bible reading. I think my shortest ever that I've requested, Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. The man can't afford to buy the treasure, but the treasure is lying forgotten in a field. It doesn't belong to anyone. It's effectively a free gift to whoever owns the field. So the man goes and sells everything he does have and buys the field. So now the treasure is his. And Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Having a relationship with God is free. Getting eternal life is free. We can't earn it, but it costs everything you have. So how does that work? Well, today's Bible talk will be a little unusual. Uh, because of social distancing, we've been having church uh, you know, online. And uh, Crosswords Church and Three Crosses have decided to make the most of the opportunity by gathering together. And it's been great. While we can't be gathered face-to-face, uh, -to, -face, to at least uh, increase the sense of togetherness by meeting with another local church. So I hope you've been encouraged by that as well. Uh, but, uh, of course, in these times of change, everything feels a little bit unsettled. One of the less important things that's uh, been changing has been our church preaching programs. So uh, Crosswords, uh, of course, is currently looking for a pastor and so has been having guest preachers. And uh, so over the last few weeks, you've had me as a guest preacher more often than you were expecting. And uh, Three Crosses, just before uh, we started meeting online, had started uh, uh, half a dozen weeks of a sermon series. Uh, but we've now been having more guest preachers than we we're expecting. And so it's taken us longer to get through that series. So uh, what I'm going to do today uh, is just finish off that series by briefly overviewing the whole thing. Uh, hopefully that'll be good for Three Crosses people to be able to remember, oh yeah, that's what we started doing and we've done it. And hopefully for Crosswords people, that'll give you a framework to plug in uh, what might have seemed like some slightly disjointed uh, sermons that I've been preaching. Uh, I'm telling you now what the plan has been. <laughs> uh, and it's going to answer this question. How can a relationship with God be free and cost everything you have? How can salvation be by grace, not works, and also require works? So I'm going to briefly walk through these last uh, six Bible talks. I'm going to refer to, I think, all of the, most of the Bible passages, but I'm going to try and just boil it down to answer this question. So we start in John chapter 8, verses 31 to 34. Uh, if you're a quick Bible flipper and you've got your Bible there, you might like to flip to these. If you just want to listen, that's fine. You could jot them down, whatever is going to work best for you. So John chapter 8, 31 to 34, I reckon... For modern Westerners like us, this is just a great text to have 
at the tip of our brains all the time. John 8, 31 to 34. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus says that if we keep holding on to his teaching, the truth will set us free. Well, free from what? The people Jesus was talking to at that time already thought they were free. Maybe you feel free. Maybe you feel trapped. Well, what's Jesus talking about? He tells us in verse 34, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. It seems to me there are two types of slavery, force and deception. We can be trapped by force. We can be trapped by deception. Sin enslaves us both ways. Sin has power over us. You can claim all you like that you are just as good as the next person. You are still going to die. Your sin is still going to get you. And there's nothing we can do about it. Sin has power over us. But sin also deceives us. It seems to me, it's a pretty common observation, that people don't generally do bad things to do bad things. People do bad things because in that moment they think it's a good thing or they think it's their only option or because they think it's what needs doing or something like that. Uh, we do wrong in the moment because we're deceived by our sin. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 puts it like this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Well, Jesus promises to free us from both the power and deceitfulness of sin. As soon as we turn and trust in Jesus, our place in eternity is secure. Death no longer has power over us. But we can still deceive ourselves about what's right and wrong and get those things wrong. We might not live as if we're free from death. We can still be deceived. We need to grow in freedom by holding on to Jesus' teaching. So, this passage says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, but freedom is found in holding on to Jesus. Well, you've probably seen movies where some part of the action happens in the dark. You know, it's so dark that people can't really see, and so they can't really do much. They're trapped by the darkness. But someone in the story has night vision goggles. And so uh, they have this incredible freedom to save the world or rob the bank, whatever the story is. Um, in that situation, you want night vision goggles, right? You want to be able to see what's going on so you know the reality of the situation so you can really do what you want. That's true freedom. Uh, Jesus is saying that sin makes us walk around in the dark but Jesus is night vision goggles. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin, but freedom is found in holding on to Jesus. Now, uh, this explains why Jesus is so demanding. If you just read the teaching of Jesus, Jesus is very demanding. He uh, calls everyone to give up everything else, including our very selves, 
to love him. So why is he so demanding like that? Because he knows we are self-deceived and that's the only way out. So for example, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Or Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. How can Jesus be so demanding? Because he knows we're self-deceived about everything. And so he must give up that self-deceived version of everything to have true freedom, true life, to have a relationship with God. We have to deny ourselves because we are the ones deceiving ourselves. Jesus is the only one who can save us because he's not only human, he's also God. And he created us for a relationship with him. Only Jesus can fix our relationship with God. Only Jesus can fix our relationships with each other. And only Jesus can fix our relationship with the rest of creation. So how can salvation be free and demand everything we have? How can a relationship with God be totally by grace, not by works? We can't earn it, but also it requires us to work and change. Well, being set free necessarily means being set free from those things, those self-deceptions. If I think I have a relationship with God without Jesus, then I am self-deceived. And being set free from that and having a relationship with Jesus is going to mean being set free from that false religion. I'm going to have to give it up. If I think having relationships with people is enough, if I think having relationships outside of God's plan is going to give me happiness and meaning and purpose, well, when Jesus sets me free from that, I'm going to have to give up those self-centered, uh, self-destructive, whatever relationships. I can't keep them and be set free from them at the same time. The more I grow in freedom in Jesus, the more I have to give up the self-deceived version of things to have the true, glorious, good version of things. So how does that work in practice? How do I grow in holding on to Jesus' teaching? How do I grow in the true freedom of having a relationship with God? Let me suggest three big things. New beginnings, new priorities, and new loyalties. So firstly, new beginnings. We saw a great example of this in the story of the rich young ruler a few weeks ago. He comes to Jesus and asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. Why does Jesus tell that man to do that? Because he is self-deceived about wealth. He needs to learn that money does not make you happy. Money is not what life is about. Money is not where security comes from. So getting rid of his wealth, at least for a time, is the best way to learn that. He needs a new beginning. 
As far as I can tell, we all need new beginnings. I think we all need more than one new beginning. In John chapter 15, Jesus famously said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And that basically means two things. It means we've got to remain in Jesus to produce fruit. We've got to remain in Jesus to live a life that's truly worthwhile. But secondly, Jesus says that God is the gardener who will keep pruning us to make us even more fruitful. And I take, the pr take it the pruning is getting rid of stuff that is going to be an obstacle to producing more fruit. Not necessarily bad things, but it could be good things that are just going to get in the way of better things. We all need new beginnings. So new beginnings. Secondly, new priorities. It's not enough to get rid of everything in my life that I deceive myself about, because that would be everything and there'd be nothing left. I can't live a life without a life. I need good things in my life, but I need them according to Jesus's priorities. So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33, Jesus puts it like this. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God knows that we need food and shelter and clothes and work and relationships and all these things. Every good thing is a gift from God. So we need to put God's kingdom first, God's way of life first, and then those things are incorporated as part of that, as gifts from God that we thank him for and that we depend on him for. We want God to be glorified in the whole universe because that's what it's for. We want God to be glorified in us because that's what we are for. And the more we grow in our relationship with God, the more we grow in loving him, the more we enjoy him being glorified. And so all good things might be things that God blesses us with, but that's not the priority. The priority is that whatever good gifts God gives us, whatever uh, responsibilities God gives, whatever good things of life God gives us, we enjoy God in those things. And that's the top priority. So new beginnings and new priorities. Lastly, new loyalties. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. God is working his plan out through his people. We hold on to his teaching together. And if I know that I'm self-deceived by sin, then I know I need all the help I can get. And so I'm going to be super loyal to God's people. Of course, I love getting encouragement, support, and even correction from people who are not yet Christians. They can still see past my own blind spots, but they're less likely to encourage me to hold on to the teaching of Jesus, which is what I really need. So I've got to keep that in perspective. And of course, I want to take every opportunity I can to encourage, support, and correct 
anyone and everyone I have the opportunity to. But if you don't want Jesus, there's limits to what I can do for you. So, how can a relationship with God be free and cost you everything you have? How can salvation be by grace, not works, and also need works? Because everything I have is a lie. Everything I do, I am inclined to deceive myself about. Uh, and when I turn to follow Jesus, it's free to turn on the lights, but I'm going to lose all my shadows eventually. <laughs> and some of those shadows I've been really depending on, and I've been really looking to for comfort. But if I want the light, the light is going to get rid of the shadows. That is better than anything else, to have a true relationship with God, to have true relationships with other people based on God's grace. So we don't have to try and earn each other's respect. We just can give it as the overflow of God's grace. To have a true relationship with creation. This is what we're made for. This is true freedom. It's better than any version of things that I've created in my own self-deception. It's a joy to give those things up to find life to the full in Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Let me lead you in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your incredible love in Jesus. Thank you for sending him to set us free. Father, please forgive us for when we deceive ourselves about the deceitfulness of our own sin and then we don't appreciate the incredible freedom of following Jesus. Uh, please forgive us for thinking that Jesus demands a lot of us. Please forgive us for thinking that Jesus asks us for some crazy things. The only reason we think that is because we forget how much our own sin deceives us. So help us to remember our own self-deceitfulness, not to focus on that, but so that nothing will distract us from joyfully following Jesus with everything we are. Amen. Thank you for listening to Smells Jesus-y, a podcast from Three Crosses Church. Tune in each week for new episodes or visit us at threecrosseschurch.com for more content.